Our topic for this week in Biyayim uh, Depagre is Tes and Yud Kislev. Tes Kislev is both the birthday and the Histalkus, the Hilula, the Yodzeit of the Middle Rebbe. And as the Rebbe would often say, of all the Chabad Rabbeim, the only one, the Gemara says, Amesha Rabbeim, the Gemara. Hayei Molu Yom Ayushnoisai says the Gemara, that Kaddish Baruch was Memali Yemei Meshaseim Shal Tzadikim, the Tzadikim lived exact years. That means they passed away on their birthday. Now if you think about it, passing away on one's birthday means actually living one extra day. If a person is born Zayinodah, the year is complete Vavadah. So the last day of a person's life is actually an odd. It's 120 years and a day. And the Hasbara is, as the Pasuk says, Avashim brings it in Chumash, the day a person passes away is not a part of his life. Just like every week you have a Shabbos, which is an Aliyah for the whole week. And every Yom Kippur you have a Shabbos, Shabbosin, which is an Aliyah for a whole year. The day a person's Yodzai is an Aliyah for a lifetime. The Rebbe said that after Trias HaMesim, people are going to commemorate the Yodzai. It's going to be more important than a birthday. Because when a person is born, everything is only possible. It's potential. When a person passes away, when a person is a stalic, when a person is a little it's an aliyah of the whole life. And every year in the yard site, there's another aliyah. Every year in the yard site, a person has another aliyah. So, therefore, the day that the person actually passes away is not considered a day of his life. That's the meaning of what says in Rashi. But Rashi makes a number of ideas saying that the day Moshe passed away, he was no longer Moshe Rabbein. But it's not the Pshat, he was no longer Moshe Rabbeinu, he lost something. He was no longer Moshe Rabbeinu as Rabbeinu. He had no connection to the world. And therefore, he was not able to be a Mashpia. Only Yeshua was able to be a Mashpia. Because the day a person passes away is like a Shabbos, it's a culmination, it's an Aliyah of a lifetime, of a whole life. <laughs> so the Rebbe, the Mitla Rebbe is the only Rebbe, the Nasi of Chabad, that Begolui passes away on the same day that he's born, which is Tes Kislev. So Tes Kislev is the birthday, Tes Kislev is the Estalkus, the Ilula, the Yorzeit of the Mitla Rebbe. And the very next day, Yud Kislev is of course the Chaga Giyula, the event, the occasion of the redemption of the Mitla Rebbe from his incarceration. Now, there's a couple of things about Yud Kislev which explain why it never became the Yom Tif that Yud Tes Kislev became and Yud Beis Tamas became. Yud Kislev is sort of like a, I'm not sure Yom Tif. You know, it's the same exact thing. But we don't make the same kind of celebration on Yud Kislev we make on Yud Tes Kislev and Yud Beis Tamas. By the way, it says in, in Sichas that Yud Kislev is the birthday of a Chassid and Yud Tes Kislev is the bris of a Chassid. So we're all having a bris a day late. But Yud Kislev is the bris of a Chassid. Yud, Yud Kislev is not one of those Yom Tifs that you say, well, I'm not sure what it is. It's a Chaga Giyula, just like is Yud Kislev in your base Tammuz. And of course, Anan, Nene, Abbasram, Chamisha Beteivis is our Yud Kislev, it's our Chaga Giyula. These are the four Moyadim that the Rabbeim gave us in Chabad, that the Rabbeim gave us. We got Yom Tifs three times a week. The Rabbeim gave us four occasions, which are Yom Tif, and Yud Kislev is one of them. So why didn't Yud Kislev become the same Simcha as the other days? So the answer is because the Mitta Rebbe passed away before it could ever take off. We now know from the, from the documents that the redemption of the Mitta Rebbe took place not the year before he passed away, but two years before he passed away. But it was not a Gula Shleimah. The Mitta Rebbe's Gula happened after he passed. 
He was released from prison. He was let to go home, but there were mamish breathing on his neck. They were invading his private space in a very rude and invasive way. And the middle Rebbe felt very invaded. He did not like it. And the Yula, the final verdict was after he passed away. So Pasha never had a chance to become a Yom Tif. And once the Estaltus happened, so then it became the opposite of a Simcha. And it never took off. There's actually a Lashen from the Mittal Rebbe in, in the Shemes of Hasidim, which is powerful. It's not from the Rebbeim. This is the Hasidim bring down. That the Mittal Rebbe said that the Chazals say that Avraham Avinu was given two choices. Avraham Avinu was told that his, his children are going to be God Almighty's nation. But in order to be God Almighty's nation, they have to go through some kind of an Ibadah some kind of an experience. That's not pleasant. The first choice was Golos, and the second choice was Yesurim, Gehenim. And Abraham Avinu chose Golos, which means Golos Mitzrayim was less painful than the other option. Golos Mitzrayim was, like I say, 86 years of successive living in Auschwitz, Mamish. And they had children there, and they got married there, and they in Auschwitz. That's how bad Golos Mitzrayim was, the way I envisage it. 86 years, that's 17 times as long as Auschwitz. Auschwitz was five years. Golos Mitzrayim was 86 years, Mamish of Gehenim on earth. And this is only Golos, the Yisurim is even worse. So the Mittler Rebbe said that Avraham Avinu was given two choices, and he chose Golos rather than Yisurim. And the Mittler Rebbe says, the Tate Hadjunumen Farzich Golos is upon him from me, it is given the Tzvayte Bereda. My father chose Golos, imprisonment, exile. So evidently, I was left with the second choice. This was a remez that the middle Rebbe was saying that he's going to have to pass away, and that's exactly what happened. The middle Rebbe's gu'ula never became the yomtif as the others did because he passed away before he was vindicated. In other words, they were not, they were, they were mixing into his business. It's, it's a story which I'm not going to be telling you. So, this in this Yom the Pagra session, is going to get to Tess and Yud Kislev. So, this is, we're dedicated to, to the Mittal Rebbe today. That's our topic. What I want to talk to you about is the, the tzir of the Mittal Rebbe's Nesiyas. How the Mittal Rebbe's Rebbe shop looked. The first thing is it was very short. The whole thing was 15 years. 15 years start to finish. He became a Rebbe Chavdal Tevis Tovkafa in Gimel, 1713, 1813. And he passed away Teskis of Yud, Teskis of Tov Kuf Peiches, which is still the end of 1827. In other words, it's, 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 a, it's a little bit shy. It's a little bit less than 15 years. a very short Nesiyas. The middle of Nesiyas. But it was an incredibly intense Nesiyas. The middle of Hasidim were involved in a bond that doesn't have an equal. Not by the Alter Rebbe and not by the Rebbeim later. Now, we like to say that we're the greatest Hasidim who ever lived in terms of his kashras, and, and, and I really don't necessarily disagree. But the Mittler Rebbe's Hasidim and the Mittler Rebbe were in an intense, intense, you know, if I wanted to use a superficial word, I would say a love fest. But it was not a love fest. It was an intensity fest. It was a circumstance of such elevation, of such, really, intensity that... And you can make the case that if it would have lasted one day longer, it would have blown up. It, it, was, it was an incredibly intense period. I, I, you can almost say it was unsustainable. The way the middle of the Rebbe's Hasidim and the middle of the Rebbe interfaced is wow. It's, it really, it does not have an equal by any Rebbe. The previous Rebbe says, the previous middle of the Rebbe says two things in the Sikhs 
This is not from Hasid, this is from a Rebbe. About the Mittal Rebbe that are mind blowing. Number one, for the Mittal Rebbe had Yebn Zayn Echsidim, had Kane Rebbe Zayn Echsidim Nishge Gebn. What the Mittal Rebbe gave to his Chasidim, no Rebbe gave. Imagine the Fidik Rebbe said, no Rebbe gave as much to his Chasidim as the Mittal Rebbe gave. And this means as much of himself. The middle Rebbe gave more of himself to than any Rebbe, and understand that if a Rebbe gives more of himself, it's only for one reason. But the Hasidim are in a position to receive more. The middle Rebbe is Nesiyas, it's a short period, it's mamish, it's a blimp. It's such a short, 15 years is not a lot of years. Um, but it was, it was an incredibly intense period. And the second quote, which is even more mind-blowing, <laughs> is the Friedrich Rebbe says, the middle Rebbe's Chasidim had nishoyzgefelt Mashiach. The middle of Rebbe's Chassidim were not missing Mashiach. They had Mashiach. They were poor, they didn't have money to buy bread. The middle of Rebbe's Chassidim had Mashiach. Because the intense involvement of the middle of Rebbe with his Chassidim was such that they were living in a Messianic world. They were on the level of their Rebbe. They were in a godly space, in a wholly elevated godly space. And I want to see if I can use the period we have to illustrate just just how intense the period of the middle of Rebbe's Nesiyas was. And I want to preface. Bechlal by a Rebbe you can't say personality. Because personality in Hebrew means Teva. And Teva means limitation. The word Teva actually means limitation. Stuck. A Rebbe doesn't have a limitation. He really doesn't. But he does have a personality. Now, if personality means teva, and a Rebbe doesn't have a teva, how can he have a personality? It's like saying, chesed atzilas, has a personality or not? Sure, it's chesed, but it's not teva, it's not limited. How could it be limited and not limited? <laughs> In other words, if chesed atzilas wants to step outside of itself, there's nothing stopping it. Your personality limits you. My personality limits me. The things I can't do are very difficult because they, quote, go against my nature. By Yalakus, you cannot say teva. Nevertheless, there is tuna, there's personality. Every Rebbe has a personality, and when you read about their lives, you learn a, bit, a little bit about themselves. But remember, you're dealing with a Rebbe, which means the personality is not an inhibiting factor, it's not a limiting factor, it's just his godly form. It's, it's hard to describe this and to explain this, even when you're talking about the spheres of Atsilas, it's hard to explain how something can have a definition and not be limited. But by a person, by a bus of a dom, and a Rebbe is a person, it's extraordinarily difficult to walk the fine line between describing the personality of a Rebbe and the fact that a Rebbe, because he's godliness, doesn't have a, doesn't have a limiting nature. The Mitla Rebbe himself, Mitla Rebbe himself, again, I told you he doesn't have a personality, but his personality was. Of all the Chabad Rebbeim, the sense that you get, he was the biggest parash. Removed from this world. He had nothing to do with this world at all. He was very down to earth, the middle Rebbe. The things that he did for his chassidim. The middle Rebbe created jobs for his chassidim. He was an incredibly practical man. He created jobs for 2,000 mishpachas of Anash. He found them land and he put them on the farms and he made them rich. And they would stay there till the Holocaust, 130 years. The middle Rebbe was an incredibly practical man. But of all the Chabad, the Rebbe, he was a Porosh Lagabri, nothing to do with this world. I'm just going to tell you something which is, 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 is very controversial. If you go to the Oihel, 
on the Matsevis of the Rebbe and the Friedrich Rebbe, there are three Rebbes. The Friedrich Rebbe, and then it says Ben, the Rebbe Rashab, and then the Rebbe. Look at the accolades by each one, you'll see they're not the same. The Nusach that they wrote by the Friedrich Rebbe is different than the Nusach they wrote by the Friedrich Rebbe's father, the Rebbe Rashab. And the Nusach that was written by the Rebbe is different than the Nusach of Friedrich Rebbe. Now you're going to make a claim, male of the Friedrich Rebbe's Matzev and the Rebbe Rashab's Nusach, our Rebbe wrote it. But who wrote the Rebbe's Matzeva? In Bamiris can that that Matzeva, even though it was written by a member of a good city Chabad, the Rebbe wrote those words. But there it's supposed to be there. It's, it's for sure. I mean, the Rebbe's in Yonim are the way the Rebbe wants them to be. By the Rebbe Rashab, it says two words that don't say by the Friedrich Rebbe and don't say by the Rebbe. The two words are Chasida Uprisha. A Chasid and a Parish. So the Friedrich Rebbe was not a Chasid and a Parish. The Rebbe was not a chassid and a parush. How could you say that? But our Rebbe wrote, but he wrote the Nusach of the Friedrich of Matzeva, and he wrote underneath it, Ben Admor, the Rebbe Rashab, and in the Rebbe Rashab's accolades, he writes different words than he writes by his own Rebbe, by the Friedrich Rebbe. I don't think this requires Das Elion. You can understand that even Das Tach, it's not saying the Friedrich Rebbe didn't have a mind. But this wasn't his Indian. By the Rebbe Nishma said it was Chatzida Uprisha. Parush means removed from the world, completely removed from the world. The middle Rebbe was the maximum Chatzida Uprisha. Of all the Chabad Rebbeim, the way he lived personally was completely Mufshif from Elam Hazak. How do we know this? There's, there's many simonim for it. But Lamashal, this is mind blowing. The middle Rebbe was such a genius. The middle Rebbe was such a genius that the Ragachav has said once, the Alt Rebbe was a Gon and the Mittal Rebbe was Ga'an Hagoin. The Friedrich Rebbe, in describing the Mittal Rebbe, says the mind of the Mittal Rebbe is unfathomable. There's an understanding that the Mittal Rebbe was smarter than the Alt Rebbe. How you could be smart in the Alt Rebbe, I don't know. But the Mittal Rebbe's mind was unbelievably powerful. And the Mittal Rebbe never understood the value of money. Never. He couldn't understand why this note says one, and this note says five, and this note says ten, and this note says twenty, and this note says fifty, and this note says a hundred, it has different values. Him with a piece of paper. And Imamish, he lived his life. He used to give people money and never asked for change. The Balagova asked him for money. So if he had a ruble note, he gave him a ruble note. If he had a hundred ruble note, he gave him a hundred ruble note. He never asked him for change. He pushed didn't understand money. A yid who was so smart that he he couldn't descend as low as money. This is a physical fact. And he's standing out. He couldn't handle his own money because he had no, he didn't have a means of, disp- dis- of, of disposition. He didn't know how to spend it. He didn't understand money. How, he was so there at Nishvashtan and Gelt. That's remarkable. It's a remarkable phenomenon, but it's a fact of life. The middle Rebbe, they're standing, they tell the middle, someone made a joke to the middle Rebbe that there was a pile of money in his room. And they told him it's counterfeit. He threw it in the fire. It wasn't counterfeit. But he didn't think twice because it was paper. He budgeted didn't have a chush in Gelt, which is a remarkable thing. We all have a chush in Gelt. The Mittler Rebbe did not understand the value of money. That's one example of his patience. And there are other things about the Mittler Rebbe, the marshal. Here's a story. It's really crazy. The Mittler Rebbe's Shamoshim were notoriously fools. And the Chlaud Rebbe tried to choose the people who were mamish in the house. Not the Gabai, the Shamish should be a fool. Because they didn't want him to understand what they're looking at, because they didn't want him to repeat. The... The... Um, the Shamash of the middle of the Rebbe was a fool and a bit of an idiot. People used to come to him and give him a bribe. And for a bribe, he would bring you into the middle of the Rebbe's cheder when the middle of the Rebbe was davening. Okay, when the middle of the Rebbe davened, 
In stark contrast to the Alter Rebbe, he could have been stoned. He didn't budge. Like a marble statue, he did not budge, didn't move a muscle. And the Mitle Rebbe, by the way, demanded this of his Hasidim as well, that they should be, no his spoilers. No, if a Hasid of the Mitle Rebbe showed excitement on the outside, the Mitle Rebbe was Menachem. All inside, there was his Shita. And it was in an extreme way, it was in an extreme way. In life, when Lord Yichsidis, when Davening, everything had to be inside. So this Meshadis, this Shabbos, we paid him a few rubles. He'd bring you into the middle of the Rebbe's cheder. The middle of the Rebbe standing in the middle of the room. There's no table, there's no chair. He's standing in the middle of the and he's standing. And he's facing away. So the Shamis would go over to the middle of the Rebbe, physically lift him up by his elbows, turn him around so that the people could get their money's worth, they could see him. And then after a minute, he'd pick him up and turn him around again. So they said, to, say, so the first time this happened, they, the chassidim were a chutzpah. He says, don't worry, there's no idea what's going on. <laughs> and he's not going to remember later. The shamis knew that when the middle of them davened, he's not here. And you could physically move him from one place to another. He's not going to have any idea. Mamish, not. And when he finishes davening, he's not going to say, hey, did somebody move me? No clue. I mean, I'm sure by other rabbeim, there is such an Indian. But by the middle of them, we know this. He was an incredible parish. And the second thing, of course, was he was obsessive, obsessive about what we call Pnimius Hatera, Chasidis, Nishmasadeiraiz. No Rebbe was so extreme as in Chasidis. And again, even though you can't say about a Rebbe a Teva, you could say about a Rebbe a personality. And he had this respect. Mohus was Chasidis. The mind of a Rebbe is different than a mind like yours and mine, it doesn't have the same kind of limitations. To say that he knew the whole Torah, that's, you know, in Lashna Gemara, that's a double cotton. He, you know, all the Svarim that there is to read, he read and knew and never forgot. That's an integrated guide. He, 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 <laughs> the Tzemach Tzedek said about the Mitla Rebbe, the Mitla Rebbe built him a, a very large shul. They used to call it the Hoidu Oleinu Shul. Because the shul was so big, you could walk from one end to the next and daven, Hoidu to Oleinu. So Tzemach Tzedek said, the Mitla Rebbe walks through the shul from one end to the next. He thinks to a whole Messiah there, a whole Messiah in Gemara. His mind was so fast, he knew so much Torah, that it just was, it didn't take any time. His whole mitzvah was pnimius at Torah, was chassidus, was nishmaz, this was his life. From childhood, from a mitzvah, as a little boy, all he cared about was pnimius at Torah. He, he mastered nigla, but it was a hiccup to him, it was not an issue. His entire reality was, it's like his whole life was primis as a child and as a young man and as a madrich of chassid by the Alter Rebbe and then later when he was by the middle of the Rebbe. His whole life was chassidus. The Tzemach Tzedek said about the middle of the Rebbe, if you'll cut the finger of my father on the middle of the Rebbe, he won't bleed. Chassidus will come out. That's the, that was the nature of his obsession with Primus Atene. And there are stories, which are very interesting stories, about this man was so dedicated to Chesidus of Primus Atene, there was nothing else in the world. Um, the Al-Tareb said a Maimon once, and the Mithra didn't understand it, so he asked his father to say a second Maimon and explain it, and the Al-Tareb did not respond, so he got physically sick, physically sick. And the Rebbesin stand at the middle of Rebbesin's mother, the Alter Rebbesin Rebbesin said to her husband, you're a cruel man, you're a husband. So what did he ask you for? What did he ask you for? He asked you for my Mercedes. You probably have it in your pocket. Give it to him. So Alter Rebbesin laughed. And he said, Zog Berl said, Zayn Deman. Tell Berl, I'm going to say the Maimed. It's okay, he can get healthy. Chesidus was his life mamish. Mamish is chayis. His chayis. At the end of his life, there's a story which is completely shleopiteva. 
He was comatose. The middle of the Rebbe was in a coma. Okay, just weeks before he passed away. The, the, what happened before was that the doctors, the middle of the Rebbe was born with a problem with his lungs. He was born with respiratory trouble. He suffered his whole life with respiration. He had a very hard time fasting. He had problems with his lungs. He had serious problems with his lungs. And uh, he could say chesitus for 10, 12, 15 hours at a shot. No one knows how a person with respiratory trouble could talk like that because it was not natural at all. The doctors figured out that he has respiratory trouble. They said to him, he can't speak. No one speak. So he went into a coma. And he was in a coma for a while. And one doctor says to another doctor, watch, I'll show you magic. He goes over to the middle of the Rebbe and he whispers in his ear that the doctors reconvened and they said, you could speak. So he sat up. He said, bring me big day Shabbos, the Shabbos clothes. But the middle of the Rebbe wore white. The first week Chabad Rebbe wore white, like you see in the Tzemach Tzedek. White silk, it was very beautiful. They dressed in big day Shabbos and he spoke this for a week. And he actually passed away in the middle of saying a Maimer Chzidus. There's a description from people who were there. There's an actual description of, an, of, an, of a witness, of someone who was present at the time. The middle of the Rebbe sat with Chassidim a whole night and fabrained. The night he passed away. He kept on asking if it's morning yet, because apparently he knew that his moment was at the time that the morning star would rise. And at one point during the night, he said, the same thing of Shabbat Yechoi said in the Yiddishut in, in Azinu, I'm going to reveal secrets like I never revealed before. But Rabbi Shimba Yechoi revealed those secrets. The middle of the Rebbe, someone dropped a hat. They were pushing. I'm imagining the middle of the Rebbe was very, he was ill. He was very hard to hear him. He was talking, he wasn't in a coma, but he wasn't a healthy man. So they're probably pushing, climbing on top of him. And someone's hat fell, distracted the middle of the Rebbe. And the middle of the Rebbe said, this is a simon that I should not reveal these secrets. And he starts speaking about something else. And in the middle of the Maimed, he said the words, Ki chayim, chayim. He stopped talking. With you is the source of life. Mechaya Chaim, who gives life to all things. Or from all things, life comes. To all things, life comes. He stopped talking, so they figured he's taking a break. That was the Yistalkus of the Middle Rebbe. He passed away in the middle of a Maimed when he said the word Chaim. Rabbi Shimba Yechoi had the exact same Yistalkus. In the Zayar and Hazinu, they described Rabbi Shimba Yechoi passed away. And Rabbi Shimba Yechoi's Yistalkus is really crazy because he called together the Chavrayeh and said, I'm going to reveal Chesidus so that I should pass away. Imagine being called by your Rebbe saying, let's get together, I'll reveal Chesidus, and in this Chesidus, my neshama will be ela b'sara hashamayim. The middle Rebbe didn't tell that to the Chesidim, but that's what happened. Rashbi actually told it to his seven Talmidim who were in the Idr with him, the six Talmidim who were in the Idr with him, that we're going to get together, because they did it once before. They got started learning Kabbalah, and three Tzaddikim passed away. So she says, do it again, and this time I'll pass away. And they came, and that's exactly what happened. It's all recorded in the Zayat, the printed Zayat. But by the middle of Rebbe, it wasn't, he didn't tell them before what was going to be, but this was the Metziah Sadvarim. And the Tzemach Tzedek wrote, by the middle of his Petire, that such a histalkus has not been since Abshem Bayechai. See, his whole life was, was Chasidus. Whole life was Chasidus. And along with that was, of course, an Avoidah. An Avoidah, right? And it wasn't just philosophy. Was an avoider, was an avoider of using chasidis to come dovik and alukos from kekka to the yibshter. And I'm planning. I don't know if this is going to work. I'm planning that the avoider part I'm going to try and discuss with the, the other seminary based group on Thursday. But with you, I partially want to describe what it was. The middle Rebbe becomes a Rebbe. Comes a Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe was a giant. The Alter Rebbe was a giant. Oh, Alter was a giant. <laughs> to come after a giant is never easy. To be second, you can't sit in the front row like that. You can't sit in front of me like that. How many years after? Uh, right away. <laughs> after I passed away, Mitzvah Mitzvah Malmukhemi. 
To come after a giant, to be second, you know, Yitzchak Avinu, the middle Rebbe, the Mizitcha Magid, Yeshua Ben Nun, Shleimah HaMelech, Shleimah HaMelech probably was the most difficult. To be the second is the hardest. It's very, very difficult. It was a giant. And uh, there were other people who opened up own businesses besides the middle Rebbe. Middle had some competition. He becomes a Rebbe. He moves back to White Russia. He moves back to Lubavitch. And people came. The Chassidim came to the Middle Rebbe. The Middle Rebbe never hesitated. He took the job. So Machzadik didn't want the job. The Middle Rebbe, as soon as his father passed away, he became the Rebbe. There's a lot of details to the story, but they're not that important. Chassidim started coming, and the Middle Rebbe said, In the beginning, for lack of words, it was normal. How long is the Maim Chassidim? Half an hour, 40 minutes, 20 minutes. How long can the Maim be? It's, it's difficult to know the years exactly, but it says in some places that for the first seven years, the Mittler Rebbe's Hasidus was normal. And uh, one of the Hasidim said to the Mittler Rebbe that in these seven years, he revealed to the Hasidim what Hasidus is. And the Mittler Rebbe said, this is all Basarum Hasidus is. This is it's around Hasidus. And now I'm going to start saying Hasidus. But at a certain point, the Mittler Rebbe started saying to my mother that he's famous for, that could go on for hours, hours, hours. You know, the Mitlebbe had a grandson whose name was Yudalev, the Maril. He was the second of the Tzemachtarik's children. In those days, there was a phenomenon called Ashtender. Ashtender means a lectern. You know what Ashtender is? Yeah. So sometimes the word Ashtender is a reference to the Chassid whom the Rebbe talked to. The Rabbeim used to talk to one Chassid. When they said Chassidus, they would look into the eyes of one Chassid and talk to that person. Our Rebbe said Chassidus with his eyes closed. But even the Friedrich Rebbe, and all the Rabbeim, when they would say Chassidus, they would look at one person. And if the, if the regular person wasn't there, they would use somebody else. This was called Ashtender. But Ashtender could also mean that they would physically leaned on them if there was no other possibility. The Maril, the Mahtarik son Maril, was a young boy. He was a godl, was a god, was very connected to his grandfather. He was so connected to his grandfather that it took the Tzemach Tzedek 10 years, 10 years to make his own son. No, 15 years. So it's like 15 years, the Maril was still a chosser of his grandfather, not a chosser of his father. When he came back from the Vekuach in Peterborg, he said to the Rebbe Tzachayim Mushke, Medavshtelm aspeciel varmis, valecha gebracht afrische chosser from Peterborg. We have to prepare a special dinner, because I brought a new chosser from Peterborg. Who was the new chosser? His own son. Because for 15 years, he was not his father's chosser, he was his grandfather's chosser. So the Maril once said, it's a story that's known, that uh, the, he, was, he had the schus to be Meshamish the Zayd for 15 years, Meshamish the Rebbe for 15 years, I think, or for a number of years. And uh, his younger brother, the Marash, was born after the Mitla Rebbe passed away. Maril was a chosra of the Mitla Rebbe. His younger brother never knew the Mitla Rebbe. Captain said to him, So what, what did you do that's so outstanding? What makes you into a Meshars? He said, The Rebbe once leaned on me and said, Chasidis, for four hours. And the Rebbe said, that makes you dumb. Sure is. He said, okay, it happened one time also, six hours. And the Rebbe Marash was pushing it. I saw two versions. One version I saw 16 hours in a row. Another version I saw 18 hours in a row. But she talked philosophy without stopping, 16 hours. I mean, how much can you say? He wasn't telling stories, wasn't making jokes. He was saying, that became the middle of the Rebbe's life. And he gave Rashidis, it was, it was completely reckless. It was wild, it was crazy. It was Ayla Matoyu. It was so extreme. But the Pella was, 
That the Hasidim were with him. That's the part of the story you have to understand. He wasn't talking into the wind. The Mittala Rebbe had hundreds, hundreds of men who because of their dedication to Hasidus developed a concentration that to stand and listen to a man speak philosophy for five hours and to get it was no big deal. 15 hours, I think it got hard at the end. You know what I'm saying? But the Rebbe could speak and speak and speak and he had hundreds of young alike who were able to take it. And that's the intensity of it. The middle Rebbe was locked in with his Hasidim. The Hasidim were locked in with the Rebbe in the most extreme way. They were so high. Their brains were so refined, so transformed, so sensitive to understanding Alakus. Not Gemore, which is also difficult. But Pnimis is much more difficult. They were much like fish in the sea. Their whole world was Hasidus. That's where they lived. And of course, the Middle Rebbe brought them to that place. The Middle Rebbe brought them to that place. They didn't get there by themselves. The Middle Rebbe raised them up to be in such a level that their whole world of Pnimis And I, I'm going to say something a little bit disturbing, and I'm not going to let you ask me questions. I don't know if they were such good husbands. I don't think they were such good fathers. I don't think they were such good providers. Now, we can debate the veracity of it, the justice of it. But we're speaking the Maile Shebet of it. They would live in a different world. And you're not talking about one or two or three. You know, the Rebbe has 5,000 shluchim. The Middle Rebbe had 5,000 people like this. They were not out in the boondocks. They were, they were up in the clouds. And their world was Haskola Hasidis in a way that's, it's unimaginable. It really is. It's undes- indescribable to the extent to which they were in that world. And what was the Middle Rebbe doing? He was teaching them about God. What do you think Hasidus is? Hasidus is about Alakus. And to him, Yediyah is Alakus, understanding and knowing God is everything. Now we believe in Ashkach Pratis, don't we, right? Did any of you learn today's Tanya? Today's Tanya. You did? Did you pay attention? Chitas, Chitas. What was it about? Huh? Yesterday was about mitzvahs. What's today about? Today is by Yediyah Salakus. Yediyah Seder Ishtal Shos is a mitzvah Rama Venasa. You couldn't choreograph this better. I didn't plan this. Today's, today's Tanya is exactly what we're fabricating about. Knowing Seder Ishtal Shlos, understanding Svidas and Elamas Nalakus is a big mitzvah. Because it's the mitzvah of Yediyah Hashem. The Mittal Rebbe, you know, there's an, in Chazal, there's a called the Avos. You know what Avos means? You open up a chicken's neck, you put a pipe in, and you shove the food straight into the guts, into the gullet. It's a way of fattening them up. It's halakhically makes a trefa, but they did that in the olden days to be able to bring chickens to market. Um, he was oives, and ungestopped, really. The middle Rebbe opened up their gullet and shoved so much chassidus in it. It's indescribable. There's no equal to it. There's nothing close to it. There's nothing close to it. Not by the Alta Rebbe, and certainly not by the Levim after, that a Rebbe should give so much. He would talk for 10 hours straight, five hours straight. It was no big deal. It was regular every day. The Friedrich Rebbe says it was a Simchas Teda, and the Mibbul said a Maimir. Simchas Teda, Maimir. Okay. After the Maimir, the Yorah Kofis, yeah. Instead of going to Kofis, wait, wait, I got another one. He said a second Maimir. Okay, that's against Kofis. The entire 24 hours of Simchas Teda was Chasidis. So they did Kofis Istrachag. That's the kind of rabisteve it was. That was the kind of nasiyas it was. It was a intense involvement between the Rebbe and Hasidim, where their brains were so in tune to the Rebbe's brain 
You're not going to say they were on the level of the Rebbe, obviously. But they were so with him on that intellectual journey. That's what it was. It was an intellectual journey. It doesn't have an equal, not before, not after. And that's what makes the middle of Rebbe's Nesiyas. It was a short Nesiyas. But it was such an intense period. These people, by the Tzemach Tzedek, didn't know where to put themselves. Because the Tzemach Tzedek was a normal man. There was a schedule. And there was a time for things. There was a day. There was a night. Chassidus was 20 minutes, half an hour. Rosh Hashanah, 40 minutes. And they were so, it was such anticlimactic for them. It was like going from, a, from an oven into a freezer. They couldn't deal with the middle of the Tzemach normalcy. And they complained. says, I'm saying Chassidus. But that's not Chassidus. That's, that's a, it's an hors d'oeuvre. It's, it's a first spice. It's a, a tease. It's, I'm sorry, that's what you got. So they would complain how the middle of the Tzemach Tzedek said, I'm saying like my grandfather, 20 minutes, half an hour, 40 minutes. But, so they, they really had a hard time adapting. They had a hard time adapting. After the middle of passed away, his Hasidim had a very, very difficult time acclimating themselves to the Tzemach Tzedek. You could almost say that Tzemach Tzedek had a new army. Now the middle of people were there, but it was very hard for them. And a lot of them became very extreme. You know, it's known that the, some of the Hasidim at least had problems with, with alcohol, with drinking. Um, and the middle had to make a gzeda. Middle made a gzeda, now let him make kiddush on wine. Now make kiddush on wine, bit mashke. The middle Rebbe made a gzeda much more severe than the Rebbe's. And it was a symptom of this intensity. The, because of the, I, I'm assuming, I don't know this for a fact, I'm assuming. They, smart? they became smart. The human brain is so plastic. The human, you, the human being, Bechlau, you have no idea how much potential we each have. We can become. So many things, we're just so spoiled and we're so burdened and exhausted by all the tibes that we're involved with. A human being can become so many things. They had a Rebbe who went in that direction and they went with him. I'm sure they were the kind of people who were philosophical and intellectual. They probably were not ufarach the people. You know, if we would show up in the middle of the Rebbe, we wouldn't know exactly what to put ourselves. He had an army of intellectuals, but he raised them. He raised them to such a height they lived in his world. Now I want to clarify something. I want to clarify something. The myth that there's a lot of the Fidelic Rebbe in the Sikhs. The Alta Rebbe Hagimont Bachasidim Hats. The Mittel Rebbe Hagimont Bachasidim Kop. In English, this means the Alta Rebbe, who was one generation before, demanded of Hasidim their heart. The Mittel Rebbe demanded of the Hasidim their mind. And now you, there's, a, there's an immediate misnomer. The Alta Rebbe demanded of Hasidim their heart. Also, the Alter Rebbe's Hasidim were on a much higher level. Alter Rebbe's Hasidim were on a much higher level. There's, there's a divide. I, I like to say that you could make the case that between the Alter Rebbe and the Mitla Rebbe is a bigger division than before the Holocaust and after the Holocaust. Alter Rebbe's Hasidim were on a much higher level than Mitla Hasidim. They were for the war with Napoleon. The Napoleonic War destroyed Russia. Destroyed Russia. It destroyed the Hasidic world and the Mitlitvish world. It was never the same again. The world of the Alter Rebbe, the golden age of, of Lite, you know, the Vilna Gaon, the Alter Rebbe, ended abruptly in 1812 because of the war between Napoleon and Russia. It never came back. Um, so Alter Rebbe's Hasidim were on a much higher level. And the Alter Rebbe's Hasidim were so great that they were even normal. They were husbands and they were fathers and they were business people. And they could, they could think Hasidim for six hours and be in another universe. There were no contradictions. The middle of Rebbe's Hasidim were not whole. They were a brain, you know, make a caricature, this massive, massive head and teeny tiny body. That was the middle of the Rebbe's Hasidim, you understand? 
The Alter Rebbe says something like to mention, Ganze mention. That's the impression that you get when you read the writings. The Mittele Rebbe filled their head with so much chassidus, that became the reality. Now we know they were very from, and they're very holy, but they lived in their head. We know that Mashiach comes, it's going to be about knowing Hashem. We know that before Mashiach comes, what happens in your brain doesn't matter. What happens in your heart is what matters. But by the middle of the Rebbe's Hasidim, it didn't matter that it didn't happen in their heart. They almost didn't have one. In other words, they were so saturated with the intellectual world of Hasidim, there was simply no other parts. The rest of the parts of the body were basically, you know, shriveled up. Was it because they were distracted? Of course, they were totally immersed. Totally, totally, please stop interrupting me. Totally, totally immersed in brain. It was a very unusual time, incredibly, incredibly intense. And the Mithra Rebbe's Hasidim were locked into this, this world of Haskal of Hasidis. They literally understood God. They lived in God's world in their brain. It's what they thought about when they went to sleep. It's what they thought about when they woke up. If I may say, they thought about when they were in the shower. That's all there was. And some of them had Panasa. Some of them had a very hard time with Panasa because they were, not, they were just not here. They were there. But it was an incredibly, incredibly, incredibly intense circumstance for a very short period of time. Now I want you to understand something. And I'm going to finish with this final thought. And then I'll let you ask questions. But there's a steady murmur from this part of the room. I wanted to stop. The Rebbe said about himself. Our Rebbe. Not exactly in these words, but sort of in these words. A Rebbe comes into this world to produce Chiddush. Every Rebbe is a creator, is an innovator. We follow, they lead. As much as the Rebbe changes things, we have to keep things the same. We're not allowed to change anything. But the Indian of a Rebbe is Chiddush. The Rebbe once said about himself, if I don't add new ideas, so who needs me? The Rebbe actually said that. That was the Rebbe is a Mechadish. Our Rebbe is a Mechadish in a historic way. I mean, the amount of things that Rebbe changed is historic. Not all the Rebbe made such significant changes. But every Rebbe makes a change in the world. But you have to understand what that means. A Rebbe brings a new energy into the world, a new light, a new holiness, a new godliness into the world. But there's a catch, there's a catch. The catch is, if a Rebbe brings a holiness into this world and passes away, and the holiness leaves this world, when he leaves this world, he didn't accomplish anything. The union of a Rebbe is to come into this world and bring someone to the world that survives him and it stays ad save kol adedas till the end of time. If you want to use a physical muscle, it's like you plant a seed. The seed is not planted till it takes root, till it germinates, till it takes root and it grows. So the union of a Rebbe is to be machadish, a new union. But the union of a Rebbe is to be machadish, a new union that should survive him. It should be here forever. Okay? The union of the Mittal Rebbe is Haskalah. No question about it. The philosophy of Chassidus Chabad, which is so rich and so beautiful and so underappreciated. Even people who learn Chassidus Chabad don't even know what we have. We have such an Ashidus that Abayim we have, if you add up seven Rebbe's and all the Maimorim, you're talking well over 10,000 Maimorim. Probably closer to 15,000 Maimorim. The Alta Rebbe has 2,000 Maimorim. Yeah, the Tzemachtari probably has even more than that. The Rebbe has 1,500 Maimorim. If you count up Maimorim of our seven Abayim, you're talking about between 10 and 15,000 Maimorim. And there's just so much. There's so much new information. It's just overwhelming how much Chabad Rebbeim gave us. But the Mittal Rebbe was the prototype. He was the archetype. He represented taking a boss of a Dharma, human being, not a Rebbe, and bringing his brain to a space that the only thing that matters to him 
is understanding Achas Hashem. Like the middle Rebbe used to say, my time is, my lust is, my desire is, if I may use this word, my weakness is, the two young alai should meet and they should talk Yechudi Allah. They shouldn't talk about how's the weather and how's their family and how's their panasa. They should talk about Achas Hashem. And he did it. But he did it in such a way that that phenomena, that possibility, that idea, that Indian is here today. He brought into the world the idea that a person like you or I, and I say you or I, I don't mean necessarily the people with the least intelligence in the world, but I mean people who are not high neshamis and they're not at the highest levels, can immerse themselves in understanding godliness and can actually understand it. They can immerse themselves in understanding godliness and understand it in a way that that becomes their reality, that becomes what's important to them, that comes to busy with them. And here's the part that's so significant. And by the way, this is true of every Rebbe. If a Rebbe comes into this world to make a change, and the purpose of this change, that this change should survive him, it should last at safe Koladeris, he plants seeds in the earth. What is the earth in which a Rebbe plants his seeds? The earth in which a Rebbe plants his seeds are his chassidim. That's why we talk about our generation, the most special shluchim of the first shluchim. When they went on shlichas, it was very hard. They accomplished very little and they worked very hard. It was very difficult. They were often embarrassed and put down. But they created the possibility for shlichas to be easy, almost. The middle of Rebbe's chassidim, they were the fertile ground on which the Rebbe implanted in this earth, on this world, the idea that not a tzaddik, not a makubal, not a great neshama, a relatively speaking ordinary person with an ordinary soul can engage in trying to understand the lakus to the extent that godliness becomes his reality in his brain. In his brain. And the neshama is another aspect, but in his brain. The middle of the Rebbe did this through his chasidim. And that intensity, that unbelievable intensity, was necessary so that this Kiddush, this contribution that the middle Rebbe made to the world should be till the end of time. Same thing with the Rebbe. When the Rebbe started sending shluchim, the Rebbe used to nitpick with them on every detail. They had to do everything perfectly. No compromise whatsoever. Because on those initial shluchim, those first people, the Rebbe brought the institution into the world. And now it's a here. It's, it exists. And now anybody can do it. But when it was started, it was an avoid, it was a beater, it was a struggle. You're bringing God into the world, it's not necessarily so simple and so easy. And this was the middle of Rebbe Zinyan. He brought the Haskolov, Sidis Chabad, into the world in a way that it's here forever. It's not, and there's not, it's not like millions of people are going to learn Sidis Chabad on this level. No, today you should know there's a, especially outside of Chabad, people who learn the middle of Rebbe I've learned some of the middle of Rebbe I would much rather learn the chassidus of the Rebbe Rashab, of our Rebbe, but I understand the attraction. Because the middle of the Rebbe's writing is like a person talks. You can almost hear him talking, just like a mashpia. Not like a Rebbe, like a mashpia. He explains, and he talks, and he explains, and he repeats, and he explains. And it's so much. It's so much, and it's so rich, and it's so intellectually challenging. It's so deep. This is the middle of the Rebbe. It was a very, very intense period. Now, I said to you in the beginning, you know, what would have happened if the Mitzvah Rebbe been a Rebbe for 40 years? Could that have worked? I, I, my Nefesh Bahamas thinks it couldn't have worked. There would have been too many divorces. It would have been a disaster. It was unsustainable. It could not continue. Now, I'm not saying that that's why the Mitzvah Rebbe passed away. The Mitzvah Rebbe passed away. He said himself why. 
He didn't want to deal with the Cantonists. When the Gezer of the Cantonists started, the Middle Rebbe went to his father, Oylan Hadich, and he asked permission to free him from the Rabbanus. And he came out of the oil and he said, the tatat min from the Rabbanus. My father released me from the Rabbanus. He was 53 years old. Nobody thought about this Talcos. They thought he was going to move to Eretz Yisrael. And on his 54th birthday, he passed away. So I'm not saying that the Mitlam Talcos was this, but it was a period that's so intense, so intense. And again, I think, and it's only me speaking now, that in the annals of Hasidus Bechlal and certainly in Hasidus Chabad, you cannot find a period that's so concentrated, so small, with the intensity of these 15 years by the Mitla Rebbe. And I, I dare say, and I, I may very well be wrong, it could not have lasted. It was just, wow. And like I said to you before, when the Mitla was nostalgic, his Hasidim didn't know where to put themselves. Because it was like people who are used to having you know, a saturation of oxygen of 150%, and they're all of a sudden they're down to 30. They can breathe. But gosh, the, the difference between what they became accustomed to and what followed. And the Mitzvah was a great Rebbe with so much success and so many followers and, and on and on and on and on and on. But the period of the Mitzvah Rebbe will forever stand. as a, It's almost like he took a bunch of people and put them in a capsule and took them to a different universe for 15 years. Okay, obviously on our own level, but like, is it, should we strive, like, be, like, um, like, not, like, not in this world, like, in a separate world, not be practical? Like, it was, he was a rabbi, so he was able to be good, but like, on, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if, like, it's kind of one Can I ask you a funny question? Yeah. Do you have any interest in doing that? <laughs> um, no, so why are you asking? Because I want to know what to be working. Like, if that's what our priority is supposed to be, but most people, I'm probably saying no. I want to tell you two things. Our Rebbe is the Rebbe, not the Mitla Rebbe, period. But there's a number two. Number two, you can choose however you want to live. Just make sure you make up your mind. Don't be a Nasher. Don't do one day this and one day that, because then you'll be a Mishuganer. You can choose. 